0: Hey Kat. Hey Tanya. What are we talking about today? We
1: are talking about meditation, one of our favorite topics.
0: We are and just so everybody knows one of the books I'm going to talk about
1: is named
0: Meditation Within Eternity by Eric Pepin. That's one of my books and I think I'm going to start right off. Can I start right off with a quote from it? Go for it. So he's talking about Us and our higher intelligence. And he says that through meditative states of mind, we become more evolved. They, meaning us, form a higher intelligence because we're using a different kind of thinking. It wasn't really a higher intelligence, but it was a different proficiency of thought within their brain. As in our self-reflection develops our brain in a different way than, say, Mm -hmm. a muscle that's being exercised. Mm -hmm. Instead, it becomes a reflection. And that reflection, hence takes us to a more enlightened Mm -hmm. version of ourselves.
1: Wow. Yeah, I love it. That I have not heard it described that way before. Yeah, You you see, they've done a lot of work on studying the brains before, during and after meditation. So I like the way you said that.
0: Yeah. So as much as it's exercise, like we are literally like practice, 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 like, right. Mm -hmm. But it's not like flex, 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 (laughs) but it has that same powerful physiological Mm -hmm. effect. So, and I know we're going to cover that. So.
1: And it helps us evolve. Yeah. into better versions of ourselves and happier and healthier, more sane, less less stress-filled versions of ourselves.
0: A hundred percent. How many and, times have you gone in your day or your routine and sat down in your meditation and come out a different person than the oh, person you sat down as?
1: Almost every single time. Almost every single time. Almost every single time. 100%. And the, and everyone can do it and everyone can change and benefit from it.
0: Yeah. And although it feels very insidious, Surmountable when you first start doing meditation because we Mm -hmm. all can say I know the first time I sat down and sometimes if I'm super stressed when I sit down it doesn't feel like an amazing meditation but when I'm done I know Mm -hmm. it has an effect.
1: Yeah well and even for me sometimes I'll sit down and right after especially if I'm if I'm doing one of my famous refocusing meditations I might not really feel the benefits until a few hours later and when I just stop and check in and notice. complete difference in my world. Yeah, I get it. Well, let's talk about our everyday lives, how we are bombarded every single day with social media and news. And there's every day I turn around there's more social media sites and it's so easy to get sucked into a hole of those. I mean, I it's amazing to me how many times I'll just You know, my daughter will send me a TikTok and then 30 minutes later, I come up for air after flipping through there. And, you know, so, and that does, if that does something to me, I I believe it kills brain cells, but that's, I haven't haven't done any studies on that, but I think in our world today with so much noise and so much screaming and so much, so many different places that we can get literally sucked in and not use use our brain meditations and age-old practice that can cure a whole lot of ills that are brought on by the modern world and the modern lifestyle.
0: I love that you referenced the term noise and I wasn't actually going to bring this up today but since you brought it up I'm (laughs) going to. I You know as I'm doing a lot of this educational work for the sound training I'm going to do I was reading a book where they described quite literally hear the noise in a person by putting a tuning fork on them if it's a place of inflammation or pain and discomfort that you can hear the static in the and I was like what? Wow. What that makes complete sense because the energy isn't moving mm-hmm. smoothly. And yeah. so you get this like secondary vibration, which isn't, mm-hmm. we all are vibrating, but when we're not vibrating, like when our cells are vibrating, but then we have inflammation vibrating around it, like mm-hmm. now we have two vibrations and that's what creates that noise. Yeah. And you reference it, but we fill ourselves with more noise. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs>
1: You know, I wish we had a tuning fork right now and I would put it on my hand that I just had surgery on. I bet it's making all kinds of crappy noise because it's trying to heal itself. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: And that, you know, the basis of our meditation practice is to try and create that whiteboard, like literally Mm -hmm. erase all the shit, you know, and just remove the crap that's on the whiteboard so that we have a clean slate each day Mm -hmm. to refunction from.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and how many times do you hear students or just friends they're like well i've tried meditation i can't do it oh yeah yeah i hear that all the time and i am referencing a tiffany Crushank book meditate your weight which i just love this little book but she says imagine a baby and you've probably heard this analogy i've heard it so she didn't make it up but imagine a baby who was just learning how to walk tried to take a step and fell down then turned around and said sorry mom and dad this walking thing isn't going to work for me
0: yeah right um,
1: you know it's silly but meditation is like walking. It's an activity that we learn to do in short spurts. Then we continue to practice and improve upon it for the rest of our lives. Yeah. percent. You know? Now, unlike walking, some days I can't walk <laughs> and chew gum at the same time. Meditation is kind of like that too. There's some days I can't sit in meditation as easily as maybe the day before.
0: Yeah, for sure. It yeah. is It is a revolving practice
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it will never be perfect. No. If you are expecting perfection, you are setting yourself up for failure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's a meditation practice, not a meditation perfect, just like yep. it's a yoga practice, yeah. not a yoga perfect.
0: A hundred percent. And mm-hmm. it isn't easy. All of us who have done it have, you know, had good days, had bad days, but we all started from nowhere mm-hmm. and it took us a time. And, you know, for some of us, I can remember the very first time I sat down to meditate. I don't think I did it again for several months.
1: Oh, me too. Same here. And same then here.
0: I did it again. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. And then I had a lovely guided meditation where I was like, okay, now I'm seeing it. <laughs> and even then after that, it wasn't a perfect everyday science. It was mm-hmm. maybe, oh, I remember I'll do it again today. And then a week later, oh yeah, I'm going to meditate again. And then maybe I had three, four days that were successful. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I fell off again for another month or two. Like, And I can promise you that it was years in the making. Mm-hmm. It was years in the making. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, Oh, you know, I decided to meditate in 2012. And in 2013, I was a professional. <laughs> meditator. I, that's not that's not how it goes.
1: Wow, I want to be a professional meditator. <laughs> <laughs> You, But you get what I'm saying. I know exactly what you mean. You know, because when I first started doing yoga, I thought, well, if I'm going to be a yogi and I'm going to teach yoga, then I have to meditate. This rule, you know, it's like a rule and I have to do it this way. And then at some point I'm going to levitate. It's going to be amazing. You know, (laughs) she's hovering above her meditation cushion. Right. I'm still (laughs) waiting for that levitation stuff because that hadn't happened. But
0: um, anything
1: is possible. No, but I have to say when I actually, this is a whole side note, but when, when we talk about met, uh, levitating, I truly believe that on days when you have an amazing meditation, you do in a sense, not physically levitate, but you levitate. You definitely and, yeah. do.
0: You, mm-hmm. There are times where, and, and I don't love the term out of body experience, but you definitely have times where you feel like you have left your body. Like you're like, oh, oh yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here I am again. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's just, keeping after it. Like if you decide you want to be a runner, you don't jump off the couch, buy some brand new shoes and go run a marathon. You don't do it. You got to take baby steps. You got to just run, run, walk, run around the block. Then you might pick it up to just a run around the block or a slow jog. So meditation's just like that. If you kind of, if you're a runner or if you've ever tried to run, if you put it kind of in those terms and see how long it took you to build up to even a 5K. And I know you are a runner and I was a runner years ago, but um, you don't just put on shoes shoes and run out the door and go run six miles, or 13.2 miles, or whatever, 26, whatever. So you just have to get and you have to get the basics, you have to learn what works for you. Just like with running, you got to figure out which shoes work best for you. What's your pace? What's all of this? And so it's the same thing with meditating. You know, I've spent so much time telling myself, Oh, well, this isn't working. I'm not doing it right. You know, I spent a lot of time doing telling myself I was doing it wrong, instead of figuring out, What's the right way for me to? Yeah, meditate. because
0: it's not the same for no.
1: everyone. No, very, we can very give different.
0: You guides, and we can give you tools that we know might help make it successful for you. But we also know that some people's knees, hips, ankles won't allow them to sit in lotus position. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, can't do it from a seated position at all. Like, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And friends, I'm also going to tell you that if you commit to a seated lotus posture for your meditation, just like learning how to run, you're going to be sore. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but our cores are not used to sitting up straight and tall for 5-10 minutes we're not and even if we have a super strong core when you add in lotus pose with bent knees bent legs bent ankles and strong spine and drawn in belly button then your hip flexors are going to be a little Mm -hmm. sore maybe your ankles are going to be a little sore so yeah you're not going to come out of it like you didn't just run a little bit i
1: know (laughs) and i cannot honestly even imagine trying to meditate in lotus pose i would be worrying about my ankle bones being jammed into my inner thighs the entire time You know, so, you know, It, I guess when I I have met some people that, you know, when I, especially when I first started teaching yoga, that would say, you have to do this, you have to do that, or you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And that's, that's what really derailed me because I kept reading different books about how to do, you know, whatever, especially this mm -hmm, and like clearing your mind, you have to clear your mind. No, you don't. That can be a whole meditation in and of itself. But the thing that I, what really finally clicked for me with meditation is that the way I do it is perfect for me. It's perfect for me. And it may, it, the way I meditate, I know would not be perfect for you. And just like the way you meditate would not be perfect for me. And so giving yourself permission to be imperfect and in that imperfection, you find your perfection. Yeah, hundred percent true.
0: I even think back to when I first started meditating and like you said, the clear your mind or I even had some people who were you know real distinct about not just your posture but uh, what they call chasing your thoughts kind of thing and some of Mm -hmm. that like you say really just super frustrating because is you sit down as a new meditator and you're like okay I made two and a half minutes and another thought came up so I failed Mm -hmm. it's a little bit like oh that diet mentality oh, well, I screwed up this morning having that little piece of chocolate, so I'm just going to keep screwing up today, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, we do that. I mean, we're professional Mm self-sabotagers, so why not self-sabotage your meditation, too? Like, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But the the flip is, like you say, finding self-acceptance and saying, you know what, I am still doing it and Mm -hmm. even if I don't do it fantastically today, I still did it Mm -hmm. and eventually, eventually, it's going to start meeting me on the mat, but I have to show up or it's not going to ever meet. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, one thing that I have started that has given me a lot more confidence over time, but I started as soon as I wake up in the morning before I start diving into coffee, just sitting there for three minutes and meditating because for the longest time I kept thinking I didn't have time that day to meditate. And a lot of times when I sit there for three minutes, it turns into seven or 20. It's never turned into more than 23, but I have found that if I Start that first thing in the morning, it helps set that tone for my entire day. And it helps me, th- I did it. I'm, I'm successful today. And so it's that has been something that has been very helpful to me. Yeah, for sure. Making
0: sure that you're carving out the appropriate time in your life, because mm-hmm. if you're feeling rushed or you're feeling like you don't have time, then that's just going to weigh on your mind while you're doing it. So if you know successfully that, you know, hey, I have to be up at four and in my car, by five maybe morning meditation isn't for you but mm-hmm. also that if you know you know that you have kids coming in the door after school meditating between 3 and 4 is probably not a great idea either so mm-hmm. you have to be wise about when you choose that time so that you're setting yourself up for success and that's that's kind of a trick because we all live really busy lives but mm-hmm. if we if we kind of flip the topic like right now the why why are we doing this? Like the benefits are like innumerable, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about the importance of de-stressing, the importance of, you know, that clean slate mentality and letting go of whatever came up for the day or whatever happened yesterday and just erasing it so that you're not Mm -hmm. ruminating on crap. Like dedication is perfect for de-stress. It's perfect Mm -hmm. for helping you find a more forgiving heart space. It's Mm -hmm. perfect for said, down in that self-study, which I know we're going to talk about on our next podcast, but the benefits are like decreased headaches, decreased inflammation, decreased pain in the body, like improved lung capacity. There's mm-hmm. so many benefits to meditation.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and doing it regularly is much more important than how long you do it, because I've always heard, you know, to get the full benefits, you have to spend at least 20 minutes of meditating. No, that's not true. No, nope. That's not. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely goal. And it if is we a fabulous had,
0: goal. If we all had the perfect amount of time and the perfect life where we could just say, oh, yep, right here every day from 10 to 10, 20, don't bother me, I'm in meditation. And it's gonna be the perfect meditation all 20 minutes. Uh-huh. It's also not reality. Mm-hmm. But to your point, consistency is key. Yeah. And even if it's three minutes, even if it's five minutes, it's three, five, seven minutes, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But consistency is key because just like we were talking about flexing that muscle, right? Mm -hmm. You do have muscle memory. And the more that you are consistent about sitting down in meditation, the quicker meditation is going to come for you. It's going to become less work.
1: I was looking at the part of the brain that it affects because it's shown to thicken the prefrontal cortex and this brain center manages higher brain function like increased awareness, concentration, and decision making. Changes in the brain show with meditation high order function becomes stronger while lower order function activities decrease. So just getting into that habit of doing that is going to help you even if you spend three minutes. It's going to help you have an increased awareness and concentration and better decision making skills when you are going throughout your day.
0: Yeah, well, it's that like we're talking about the elasticity and this is what comes out of the Buddha brain book that I mm-hmm. promised I wasn't going to reference. <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. When we're talking about like flexing the muscle mm-hmm. is that that consistency of sitting down in meditation every day is going to make the process easier so that when we do get to a place of meditative state, it's going to start happening quicker and quicker. Like, and you can even attest to that I'm sure in your practice where for a time you would say gosh there were times I could sit down for five seven minutes and not feel like I was meditating at all or mm-hmm. maybe a month or a year or whatever into it you're like oh yeah I, I meditated it was like 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I got there I got yeah. there and it was like 30 seconds but now and maybe you're like it was like minute eight and it happened mm-hmm. for 30 seconds and then when I thought about it happening it disappeared again mm-hmm. like and this is what happens during meditation, but the more consistent you are and the more regular that you try it, eventually it's not going to take eight minutes. Maybe it only takes two minutes and maybe it doesn't just last 30 seconds. Maybe it lasts three minutes. Like your body gets more used to it and meditation will come quicker.
1: I agree. And one thing that I have found that has always derailed me is when I meditate, I bring judgment along with me. I would sit down to meditate and judgment would pull a seat up real close me, did Judgment pull its meditation cushion up right beside me and sit there and judge how I was meditating and tell me I wasn't doing it right and tell me I wasn't doing it long enough and tell me I wasn't clearing my mind, tell me I wasn't focusing on my breath. So I allowed Judgment to sit there and be my meditation coach and Judgment always found me lacking. And I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know, I went the second I told Judgment that Judgment can meditate, but it can't meditate in the same room with me. That made all the difference
0: interesting and I bet that all of us has a meditation cushion mate you (laughs) say yours was judgment Mine mm-hmm. was always scarcity. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough time for this. Yeah. Why, why are you doing this? You're being selfish. You do not have enough time for this. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. Like So for me, it was all about there's not enough time for this. And how dare you? Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I wonder. Well,
0: we should take a poll on whose cushion. What? Who's What's sitting mm-hmm. next to you on meditation? Well,
1: and it made me think about that because, you know, I referenced the book Big Magic by Liz Gilbert a lot because she always talks about it. Living in creative life, fear is always riding shotgun with her and, you know, fear rides shotgun with me all the time too, when I'm doing, when I'm trying to write maybe, but you know, so that, and I, you know, I taught that workshop this weekend. And so I had just recently reread that part to people at my group. And so it started making me think about, so that's where I pulled that out of my little hat, but judgment does come with me. (laughs) I
0: do feel like that's complete and legit. Like we all have a cushion mate. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Interesting. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) I know that we said we weren't going to like reiterate things from when we talked about meditation the first time. So those of you who are listening, we have done a precursor to this almost probably about a year ago where we talked about meditation Mm -hmm. and we talked about meditation topics. So if you haven't given that episode a listen, drop back and listen to that episode. But I do want to just give a couple little pointers to styles Mm -hmm. of meditation because I know some people are like, I don't even know where to begin, yeah. right? And there are all kinds of meditation apps. I think we listed them on our first episode. There are guided meditations. There's visualization meditations. There's gratitude meditations. There are mindfulness meditations. There's there's thousands of mm-hmm. different kinds of meditations. Dabble in them. There is no perfect one. And there is no rule that says you have to do the same meditation every day. If you're working on a mantra meditation, Sure, there is some importance to repetition, but it's not the end-all hero. All. So mm-hmm. try several styles, just like you would say, you know, try different exercises. You can't just always do bicep curls and expect that all the rest of your muscles are going to look good. Right. You can't. Yeah. And you so, have a
1: huge muscle imbalance.
0: You're going to have a huge muscle imbalance. So mm-hmm. try several styles, see which ones seem to work better for you, focus on them until you get a better groove, and then you can drop back and try other things in addition.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, I mentioned refocusing earlier, if you really struggle, the first I would, I mean, <laughs> I almost hate to say that. I mean, I've been teaching yoga for since, I guess, 22 years now, 23 years. And the first probably seven or eight years that I tried meditating, all I did was refocus because I could not. And I truly felt like meditation was kind of boring and that my brain was made to be multitasking. And to sit and be still and be quiet, my brain didn't have time for that because that's not how I was wired. And so I would sit there because I knew I needed it. And I read that all, you know, all the Fortune 500 company CEOs, they all meditate. And if you want to be successful, you have to meditate. And so I read all of this stuff. And so I I saw proof that there were people doing great things just and they gave meditation credit for it. So I felt like, okay, I got to try this. And I would really sit there and I would focus on my breath or do an affirmation or whatever and then I would start thinking about oh gosh I forgot to put the laundry in the in the dryer and then I'd go stop 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 and I'd bring it back and then I'd go shoot what am I gonna make for dinner I didn't put the chicken out or you know so I was constantly thinking of something else that was out of my space and it took me so many years to realize that if I just accept it that's the way I meditate that that was okay and so then every time one of those thoughts came in my mind like oh my gosh I have to take my son to football practice this afternoon you know then I would go, yes, I do. And I'd get right back to it. I wouldn't let judgment go. See, you're a big stinking loser. You're doing it wrong because judgment was there the whole time then too. Yeah. So I, you know, and once I recognized that refocusing was a way that you could meditate, then I actually didn't have to focus on refocusing because then I really could just let it go.
0: Yeah. I love that. So that was, that's that mentality of chasing the thought. Mm -hmm. Like as you say, instead of I I always, re- I always tell new meditators, like when we're doing teacher training, that it's moving from berating to believing. Mm-hmm. And I used to do the same thing when the thought would come up. I'd be like, oh, come on, Tanya, you're not supposed to be thinking about that right now. But instead, <laughs> when it came to this place of like self-acceptance and belief that this was working, I'd be like, oh, thank you, Tanya, for that thought. Now let's kind of come <laughs> to our breath, right? But I changed yeah. my own perception of mm-hmm. my thoughts. And right. for a time there, it's the same language that we don't love to have even in our own human mind mm-hmm. when we're with people and we hear someone talking and we have this thought pop up and we're like, oh, I don't like that person. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, oh, Tanya, stop being so judgy. Like, right. Instead of having that moment, you, you hear the thought come up and you're like, thank you for that thought, but let's move forward. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. We don't have to focus on it. We don't have to stop. We don't have to get hung up on it. We don't have to ruminate about it. It's mm-hmm. like, you say, you get to just say, Oh, yep, that's how my mind is currently working. I don't love it. But we're just moving right past it.
1: Yeah,
0: we're not going to get stuck on it. Because if we get stuck on it, we're never going to get anywhere. mm Because friends, your mind is never going to stop.
1: It's never going to stop. And you can berate yourself all day long. And that's going to keep you from reaping the benefits that's going to keep you in the mentality of I'm doing this wrong, too, or I can't do that. And you know, can't needs to just move into the it needs to move off to the different room to
0: it's going with judgment <laughs> to, it's going, going with judgment with scarcity, scarcity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just gonna take it just needs to go away yeah. yeah yeah it needs to leave us alone
0: I love that so who benefits from meditation
1: well not just ourselves but everyone we interact with uh yeah and not just <laughs> not
0: just from them meditating but from us yeah. meditating
1: no that's what I mean yeah when I meditate everyone that I interact with for the rest of of the day, they benefit from me meditating.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: especially if I know ahead of time I'm going to have too busy of a day to do anything. That's the day I've got to meditate. If I don't have time to meditate, I know that's the day I have to make a point of spending a little bit extra time in meditation.
0: Hundred percent, percent. And I'm. My kids have said it. My husband has said it. Like, uh, maybe you should go meditate. <laughs> 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 but going back to the basic of who everybody. Everybody benefits from it. They benefit from the interaction with a person who has been meditating or meditated that day. Plus, they also benefit from it themselves if they can give themselves time to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think that goes back to the when. And I know we talked about you have to find the right time of day that works for you. But I think the biggest key is that word consistency.
1: Consistency. Mm -hmm. Which
0: means every day, even Mm -hmm. if it's a few minutes each day, every day, until it Mm -hmm. grows into something more.
1: You know, I've had a lot of my teacher trainees that will tell me, well, I just meditate at night in bed right before I go to sleep. No, because what they're doing is they're laying there and focusing on their breath for half a second, then they fall asleep. So I told them, I said, you know, that is a fabulous time to meditate, but why don't you do that setting up in your bed before you lay down? Because otherwise you're, you're just really kind of, you're just,
0: yeah, you're just moving into a form of deep relaxation. Mm -hmm. And meditation and relaxation are actually two very different things. Relaxation is very lovely and it does help you de-stress and it may help your sleep cycle. It may help you fall asleep, but it is not actually helping the elasticity in your brain. It is not Mm -hmm. actually helping the physiology of that healing change that you're looking for in meditation. Mm -hmm. Meditation is actually quite deep concentration Mm -hmm. on stillness or on quiet or on a thought or a visual or whatever it is, but it is actual deep concentration as opposed to deep relaxation, which Mm -hmm. is pretty much letting everything go. So they are quite different.
1: Yeah. So look at your intention and your purpose. When you're deciding to meditate, are you deciding to meditate because of you want to go to sleep, so you want to relax? So che- just kind of check in with your intention and your purpose. This is a book. Have you read much Jack Cornfield? I have. Mm-hmm. This is his meditation for beginner book. It is a very tiny little book. So this is a very fast, easy book. Someone can just whip right through. But in his, in the very first, first or second chapters, chapter two, why meditate? His last paragraph says. Says, Instead, in meditation, we discover, and he talked, he's talking about suffering. Instead, in meditation, we discover a natural, open hearted, and non judgmental awareness of our bodies and our feelings. We can gradually bring this kind and open awareness to witness all that's in our minds. We learn to see and trust the law of impermanence. And this means that we begin to see the world as it really is. And in the midst of it all, we begin to see how we can relate to all of it with compassion, kindness, and wisdom. Lovely.
0: One book that I would like to add to it is Stephen Levine's Guided Meditations, mm-hmm. Explorations and Healings. This is a really lovely book and it has some really nice guided meditations like where you read a chapter and then you meditate. So it's oh. a little bit like what you had talked to me about when, when I, I did the journaling exercise, mm-hmm. where read a few pages and then journal about it. This is read a few pages and then meditate on it. And I it, love is, that. it is a really lovely book. There is some very specific 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 things like a guided meditation on softening pain, a guided meditation on letting pain float, a guided meditation on exploration and healing, Mm -hmm. a guided meditation on your inquiry into eating. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of really unique topics in here Mm -hmm. that are just kind of nice Mm -hmm. converting the grief point to a touch point. Mm -hmm. So really lovely guided meditations. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome i just now put it in my cart on amazon (laughs) so
0: So moral of the story friends get on your cushion and do some meditating Mm -hmm. and regardless of what sits down on the cushion next to you invite it for a time but then Mm -hmm.
1: shush it away yeah perfect i'm kat khan and i am tanya rice and this is two pittas on a pod signing off thank you for listening to two pittas on a pod we're grateful you joined us join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com.
0: And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Pod.